You're listening to Demystifying Aged Care with Graham Maybury. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Demystifying Aged Care. It's a podcast which explores what matters to you when it comes to ageing, and more importantly, ageing well. My name's Graham Maybury, and you might know me as the host of Radio 6PR's Nightline program. It's a program I had the privilege of presenting for 33 years. My wife and I were blessed in that we had wonderful twin sons, and they married amazing young women, and uh, we've been blessed with seven grandchildren. We're quite so blessed in that they then ended up living in America, literally on the other side of the world. So back in 2014, at the age of 67, I decided it was time to hang up my headphones and take more time with Merle and for both of us to be able to see much more of our children and our amazing grandchildren. I've continued in my role as a minister at the Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, but retiring from Nightline was a catalyst for Merle and I to begin thinking about our own ageing journey. We discovered life's a bit like a toilet roll. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. And we heard a sentence all over the place. Everything can change in a heartbeat. Go and see your children now because you never know when that will change. And as you age, that becomes more and more important. A growing personal awareness that we need to start thinking and planning now. We're aware that things change without warning, so it's important to have the ageing journey in place. But what is important at this new stage of our lives? How will we ensure we can still meet our emotional, physical, financial and spiritual needs as we continue to grow older? After 50 years of marriage, how will we deal with a situation if one of us needs to go into residential aged care, but the other is still able to live independently? We all want to transition into our later years happy, enriched, connected, but for many, thinking about ageing and the care and support we might need can be daunting. Demystifying Aged Care is about shining a light on this journey of ageing. And on this podcast, we'll be sharing the stories of seniors and their families who've navigated the often complex aged care system in Australia and embraced the opportunities and faced the challenges that come with getting older. And we'll also hear from experts in everything from saving for retirement to living with dementia. There'll be extraordinary insights, plenty of practical advice, some laughter, some tears, and hopefully new perspectives for you on what ageing today really means. In this, our first episode, we're going to look at the start of the aged care journey. I think most of us are fiercely protective of our independence, and we want to keep on living life to the full. But when we start to feel we may need some help or support to continue living our best life, what are the options? For the past few years, Duncan Guy has been running free demystifying aged care information sessions. He is the customer care manager for aged care provider Baptist Care and our special guest on the program today. He not only knows the most common questions seniors and their families ask, but he also knows the answers. Great to have you with us, Duncan, and also joining me in the studio is Robert Woodford, who is here to share his personal story of accessing funding and services when it's time to get help so that you can stay living independently in your own home. And Robert, it's great to have you with us as well. Duncan, we'll start with you. When should you start planning for aged care? 
This is a really good question, Graham, and one we're often asked as been an aged care provider. Quite often some of the signals around preparing for ageing are not only is how many birthdays you've had, but thinking about how difficult is it to manage some of the tasks that maybe were a lot easier to do in years gone by. So quite often we're finding that's where family members are, are sort of recognising maybe some of the changes in mum or dad or loved ones and recognising maybe the gardens are a little bit more unkempt, you know, maybe the, the stove was, was left on unintentionally. So some of these small little things can be indicators to people around it might be the time to start having a bit of a chat about how can we get some support. And I guess one of the things I thought you might say was uh, when is the time to begin planning for aged care? Way earlier than you think. I imagine most people put it off too long. Absolutely. And I think it's sometimes you could say it's the Aussie way to say she'll be right. She'll be right. Until it's not. And quite often when it's not, we think to ourselves, okay, we want something to happen now. And unfortunately, there can be quite a, a transition period into actually receiving aged care services. So recognising the signs, having those discussions earlier is really, really important because the wait for, say, for example, home care packages Hmm. can actually stretch not only into the months, but even into the years. Actually, Duncan, one of the things I love about the the thing you do in the sessions that you do face-to-face with people is that you help them through this. Because when you do start thinking and planning, I know when I first started to look, you get hit with a sea of terms that you've never heard before. The people in the sector know them well. So let me throw three at you and get you to explain them for me. You hear about retirement living, you hear about home care services, and you hear about residential care. What's the difference? Good question. And one a lot of people ask, so retirement living is comprised of your traditional sort of retirement villages. Now, these are dotted around the suburbs, all around the metropolitan area, and there's various entry points into retirement living. So they can be things, uh, some of the terms that might be familiar when you're talking around retirement villages Mm. is what's known as lease for life, Mm -hmm. rentals, Mm. and even these days we're starting to see apartment buildings actually retirement villages. So the map of retirement living is very much changing and quite often people that do enter retirement living look at it as a property purchase similar to maybe what they've done during their life and Mm. then they've bought a property at X price and then a period of time later sold it at Y price and made some profit in between. Retirement villages aren't necessarily the same as what you would normally think to be for a property purchase. So that's probably one of the important things to remember with retirement living. The next important area is the in-home care. So this quite often is the very first entry point for individuals or older Australians in actually accessing the aged care system. And what we're referring to here is pretty much what the title suggests having people come into your home and that could be assisting you with gardening, it could be assisting you with uh, some cleaning, even for those people that may not drive anymore, you know, transporting you to your favourite cafe or to see friends and family. The last sort of area to talk around is residential care. Mm. Now, this is sort of your traditional nursing home, I guess, approach. And and quite often these are beacons, they're lighthouses out in the community and we drive past them, we're familiar with the concept of a nursing home. But these days, it's important to recognise that nursing home or residential care is 24-hour assistance for those individuals that require it. So that really makes up the overall map in those three distinct areas. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And in the, I guess in the first one that you were talking about, retirement living, mm. check the fine print is uh, you realise it's not like buying a house, as you've said. But the other one, home care services, uh, we experienced this firsthand. 
uh, with an uncle of mine in particular, he was still, he was able, he wanted to stay at home and he was able to with support. And so that in, in that zone, how do you know when the time is right to reach out and ask for home care services and what sort of help can you get? Yeah. So with regards to home care funding, the government a period of time ago really made it quite public and developed a lot of policy around keeping Australians, older Australians in their homes longer. And the benefit there is that uh, these people are able to stay within their communities, close to loved ones and friends. And so the government's really actively worked to support people to be able to do that. So some of the beginning, I guess, uh, points to consider when it comes to accessing at-home services is around what we spoke around before. You know, what are the changes? What are the things that are a little bit more difficult to do than previously? It's very important to remember that the wait to actually receive funding for these packages can be quite lengthy. Mm. And even, you wouldn't believe this, Graham, but at the end of January this year, we actually had a queue of 112,000 older Australians oh waiting access for a home care package. 112,000. It's a lot of people, right? That's so, across the country? Across the country, yeah. So that sounds quite daunting. And, mm. and a lot of people ask me, well, how do I get ahead of the curve on that? And importantly, I guess it's getting that assessment piece done. And the assessment piece is what's known as an ACAT, or just to break that down, is the yep. aged care assessment team. Okay. So an ACAT can be arranged through uh, your GP, and it also can be arranged through My Aged Care, which is a government department that was set up a couple of years ago to support the aged care framework and older or ageing Australians. Mm-hmm. So through the department or through your local doctor, Step one, get the ACAT assessment done. Okay, and uh, the waiting lists are long, as you say. But, Robert, let's bring you in here because you've successfully got to the front of the queue. You successfully accessed a home care services package. But let me, let me, let's learn a little bit more about you first because your first experience of aged care was with your very much loved wife, Evelyn, when she was in Fiona uh, Stanley Hospital. She had two seizures. Okay. And she spent two months there. And the nursing staff, the doctors, all realized that she needed home care, mm-hmm. which uh, I could not provide. I was very lucky in that the social worker there arranged everything for me. She contacted a home care provider, and the lady in question, a lady named Eileen Jones, came out to my home, interviewed me, and then they came to the hospital, had a look at Evelyn, and realized that she needed top care. So I was very lucky that it was all done for me. But I do know the difficulty they had in getting it for yeah. her. Yeah, all right. But the, and, and when she had that care provided, because you were her husband, obviously you were her carer. Yes. So how important was it for you to know she had that dedicated help and care in her final journey? Very important. I, I loved her so much. I was doing as much as I could. But there were a lot of parts of home care that I could not personally provide, as such as uh, I was not physically able to uh, turn her over and change her and bathe her, etc. Uh, you know, uh, so it needed professionals to do this for me, and this was all provided by them. In your own journey, Robert. Now, you're, I know you love being at your home in Maddington. Yes. When did you decide you needed help? if you were going to stay living there? About six months after Evelyn passed, when I was recovering from my grief, my family doctor 
and the therapist recommended. They saw the condition I was in. They knew what I was capable of doing to look after myself. But there were certain aspects of my life that I could not control anymore. Number one, I could not drive, so I needed transport. Number two, another part of my coming out was being able to get out into the world and meet people uh, rather than being isolated. So they recommended that I get help to take me out so that I could mix with the public. Okay, so transport was a big part of the thing for you. How difficult was it to get a home care package, to apply, and how long did it take? The ACAT assessment came within a week of applying, but the waiting time was nearly eight months. So in that time, luckily I had family that helped me. But Mm -hmm. other than that, I would not have been able to carry on. Now, you've mentioned transport. Yes. What other help do you get? I think you get some help with cleaning. Yes. Uh, Once a week, the lady comes and helps to mop and clean the home for me. Yep. And you get out and about with the help of your support worker. You get out into the community. Yes. That is the best part of it. Twice a week, they come and take me. I can do my shopping. They help me with my groceries. They bring it back to the house. But more importantly, they've taken me to places that I've never been they took me to Optus Stadium, so I got there. They take me to Fremantle for fish and chips, you know. Uh, That's so one I of the great joys of life, fish and chips at Fremantle. So, yes. Part of being you know, Western Australian, mate. My quality of life is being provided for through Baptist Care. Thank yeah. you so much. Ah, and the other thing I was going to say is if it came to a point where you thought, you know what, I want to stay here, but I need some help. Yes. What would you say to people listening to this podcast who are in just that situation right now? They, they want to stay home. They know they need some help, but they haven't done anything yet. What would you say? The first step would be, I would say, go to your family doctor because they are the stepping stone. They would know. The other one would be, as the other guest said, reach out to my aged care because they, you tell them and they will help you. This is a Demystifying Aged Care podcast with Graham Mabry, brought to you by Baptist Care. Duncan, let me bring you back in here. If you're accessing a home care package like Robert has, and then you think, hang on, this need is only going to get bigger, because the one thing we know about ageing is we're never going to be able to do more than we can do right now. So my need for more help and support will grow. How easy is it to get additional funding and service? So with regards to, and we'll discuss particularly around home care packages, there's, mm. uh, there's levels of home care packages and they go basically like this. Level one is sort of the entry point, uh, level two, three and four. So level four is the highest indication of required care in the home. And as you say, over time, condition can change. And again, we it's a really a joint partnership between the person receiving the services the aged care provider and the GP. So what will likely happen throughout that process is that your care manager from your aged care provider will be really monitoring your progress with regards to doing the things that you used to be able to do and seeing how that's going. And also importantly, be able to liaise with some health practitioners as well to identify when those changes might be occurring. So when it comes to accessing increased levels of funding, it's actually really around 
again, on that needs basis. Mm. And that can be gradual. For some people, they may actually continue to receive services on a level one or a level two. So that's a lower type of home care package Mm -hmm. for quite a good number of years before the time may arrives to, to access more funding to get more assistance. Is there a right time to think about moving into residential care? Yeah, residential care is, as I mentioned earlier, residential care is importantly 24-hour assistance for those people that need it. And the determination for someone to move from receiving care in their home to residential care comes at the time when they're really unable to do most things independently. Quite a lot of people are fearful that there'll be, you know, I guess the old adage, someone's going to send me off mm. to, to... You're the, going to, to put me in a home. That's right. If I don't do this, they'll send me off. And if that's one myth that we can erode today, then that's a good one to Mm. erode because... Because it is a myth? It is, absolutely. So this is not someone necessarily saying they don't like you so much anymore and they're going to punish you. This is an actually needs-based situation. So when the time does come, it might be much more difficult to manage your own personal health. And particularly if you have any health concerns that might require some medical intervention, they can be the points upon which you might need to consider moving into residential care. It can often be the case that the family become increasingly out of their love. They become increasingly concerned that one or both of the parents need this residential support. Mm. Broaching that conversation is one of the toughest gigs around, I would imagine. So, well, I don't imagine, I know. So how do you start that conversation? Sure. And it is quite a difficult one. And again, with a lot of the information sessions we've been holding, it's a common question from particularly loved ones. And our advice is get equipped with some knowledge. I think if you can understand yourself, if you're a family member, what the process looks like, then you've actually got some knowledge to share with your loved ones as well. Now, sometimes that may not be enough and there might be some resistance there. So again, now's not the time to manage things on your own. Now's the time to actually seek some support. And that support could come through potentially a visit to the doctor, to the GP. Quite often, general practitioners are our trusted advisor in life, aren't they, from a health perspective. Mm -hmm. So, So sometimes actually having a discussion with the GP and your loved one with regards to accessing residential care can be helpful. And beyond that, aged care providers such as Baptist Care and others certainly can provide some tips and hints and some assistance in that area. For people that can find it particularly troublesome, and this can happen, Obviously, there's social workers and counsellors that offer services that might be able to broker some better outcomes. But quite often, it may not be an overnight thing. No. It can be a process. It's a journey. So what should you look for in a residential care facility? Listen, I think for me personally, when I looked for aged care for my father, you walk into a facility and you get a feel and you talk to people, you talk to the staff, you talk to the residents. And I think that would be the first piece of advice I would give people. How does it feel? How does it feel? Can you imagine your loved one being in an environment such as this, is it familiar? And quite often you'll see a lot of brand new residential care facilities that have been built and people always tend to think that new is best. Mm. But when you walk into a facility, think and recall that this is going to be your loved one's home, okay? So is it homely? Is it what we need? And also it's time to start thinking around, okay, is there any cultural or language needs? Are there any specific health concerns? For example, there might be a diagnosis of dementia. So is that residential care facility you're considering able to provide that type of care and assistance to you? So it's a bit multifaceted, I guess. But for me, my biggest advice is, how does it feel? This is going to be your loved one's home. How much does it cost? Costs. Mm. 
Costs are definitely complex and one that we always encourage people to have a a one-on-one consultation with Mm. my aged care and also residential care providers. But let's just cover a couple of aspects of the costs. Mm. So entering in residential care, everyone is required to pay what's known as a basic daily fee. So for those people that might be on a Centrelink pension, this is actually 85% of the Centrelink pension. And for any actress out there, it's around about $51 a day. And what this does is covers your basic costs of meals, laundry and utilities. Mm -hmm. So financial residents and people will say, why am I called financial? So financial residents are ones that may actually have an ability to contribute Financially, to might their own care. their own home, might Correct. have some super or that sort of stuff. Absolutely, and they may be asked to pay an accommodation payment. Now, this is what's known as a RAD or a refundable accommodation deposit, mm. or alternatively, it could be a DAP, which is a daily accommodation payment. Right. And you can choose between the two. It depends. Okay. So, with regards to financial situations, again, a common question I get asked, and I always say to people that your financial situation is not dissimilar to your fingerprint. Mm. Uh, It's your own and it's very individual, which is why answering the how much does it cost piece isn't always a simple question to answer. Now, the actual costs of accommodation payments, so this is our refundable accommodation deposits or daily accommodation payments, can actually change between providers. So our advice is to always do a bit of comparison around some different providers mm. because you will be getting potentially some different costs associated with that. Now, for those residents or people that are potential residents with lower assets and income, so for example, you may not actually have an asset such as a home. Mm you may be actually eligible to receive government assistance. And this can actually cover part of the cost of accommodation or in some circumstances, all of the accommodation. Another quick myth bust here. Quite often people will have a chat to me at these information sessions and they'll say, Duncan, I'm having trouble sleeping at night wondering how I'm going to afford to move into residential care. I hear that often. And it's really troubling for me because... Everyone, every older Australian will have access to residential care. And this is regardless of whether you're a a property mogul Mm. and you've got a lot of asset. Or you're on a pension. Or you're on a pension. Mm -hmm. So if that's some words of comfort for some of the listeners, it really should be because accessing aged care services is important and And, everyone's right. And is it means tested? Absolutely. So the means tested assessment process is actually done through Centrelink. And when it comes to residential care, it will be your income and your assets that will be assessed, which is a little different to home care services. So that receiving care in your home when there's an assessment done there, it's actually only around income. So and there's an important differential there. I get that. Sorry. And we hear a lot about waiting lists in residential care. We've heard about them with home care packages. What about residential care? Absolutely. Wait lists are a common situation occurring in residential care, particularly in Western Australia. And the market dynamics is this. The demand far outstrips the supply. So a lot of people will decide, and they'll hear about this and again, try and get ahead of the curve and and say, maybe we'll get on a wait list early to assure our place in the future. And when the time comes, I'll be able to sort of Mm -hmm. put my call in and say, I've been on the wait list for so many years, two or three years, you must be ready for me. Now, 
I'll just take us back to the definition of residential care earlier, which is 24-hour assistance for those people that require it. So in many ways, you could be on a wait list for one year or one week, and it may not necessarily elevate your position to be It placed. depends how many people have that degree of need at the time. Yeah. So think of it like a GP surgery. If you've been to a GP surgery before and your appointment was at 10am and you think to yourself, I've got my appointment at 10am, I should be okay. And then you might find it's 10.45, it's 11, I'm still sitting here and hang on, that person just went in before me. And that can be frustrating, but the actual reasoning behind this, and quite often it is around a specific healthcare need that that particular patient needed on the day and not a dissimilar situation with residential care. So Robert, let me bring you back in here. When the time comes, should the time come, that you need to move to the next level to residential care, do you think you'd be open to that? Yes, I will, because I do realise that I am alone and I cannot really burden my siblings for looking after me. I have a responsibility to myself as well and I have to face up to the fact that if I need help, I have to ask for it. And luckily for me, Thanks to the experiences I have, I know where to go and who to ask. And what will you look for in the facility? I would look for a place that I would feel comfortable in. When I walk into the home, I want to feel that this is where I would be spending the rest of my life with and I'll be happy there and look at the care that they provide, yes. So it's not some facility that you're going to be wandering through. It's actually going to become your home. Yes, I'll be spending the rest of my life there and uh, I want to be at home, yes. Duncan, if people want to find out more about accessing home care services or residential aged care, to get practical advice and assistance, just give us again that list of places where you start. Sure. My advice is always to go to the source, the creator of all information, and that is My Aged Care. So My Aged Care is a government department, and there's two ways you can get in contact with them. One, if you are on the internet, you can go to myagedcare.gov.au, or alternatively, you're able to give them a call on a free call, which is 1800 200 422. Just give us that number again. 1800 200 422. Now, for anyone that's rung the tax office before, the ATO, to ask a question around your tax affairs, you'll probably know that you ask a question, you'll just get a, an answer relative to an act. Mm. So if you do want to reach out to have a bit more of an involved personal conversation, then please do reach out to an aged care service provider and, and Baptist Care is always on hand to have a chat with you as well. So we're able to speak with you at any time on 1300 660 640. And we'll have that number again too. One three hundred six six zero six four zero. Okay, thank you, Duncan and Robert, for joining us today for this very first episode of Demystifying Aged Care. Now, if you want more information on anything you've heard today, and it is complex, don't forget we have show notes for each episode. So check out the show notes, and you'll find useful links to additional resources and information. That's the show notes for each of our Baptist Care podcasts. And if you want to reach out to us with questions or comments, we love your feedback. So would you email us at podcast at baptistcare.com.au. That uh, email again is podcast at baptistcare.com.au. And if, as you've been listening today, you think, you know what, I, I know some other people who could benefit from this information, then a great way to open it up to them is to go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. It really does motivate others to tune in. We'd love you to do that. 
and thank you in anticipation. I'm Graham Mabry, and I look forward to your company as together we continue our journey in the next episode of Demystifying Aged Care. For now, goodbye, God bless. Demystifying Aged Care is proudly brought to you by Baptist Care.